Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. My name is Divya Inna and welcome to another episode of Talk Water. For all climate change enthusiasts out there, NASA has some good news. Apparently, the world is greener today than it was 20 years ago. So what's prompted this change? Well, it appears China and India can take the majority of the credit. In contrast to the perception of China and India's willingness to overexploit land, water and resources for economic gain, the countries are responsible for the largest greening of the planet in the past two decades. The two most populous countries have implemented ambitious tree planting programs and scaled up their implementation and technology around agriculture. So NASA have captured satellite images and by using high resolution imagery noticed that the greening was disproportionately located in China and India. Now of course you might argue that a country that has largely kept their forests and vegetation intact would have little room to increase the percentage of vegetation whereas a country that heavily relied on deforestation like China and India in the 1970s and 80s would have more room to grow. Regardless, though, it's encouraging to see that when presented with a problem, humans are incredibly adept at finding a solution. So there you go. A little bit of positivity as we head into spring, a season of new and fresh beginnings. Talking about beginnings, we are beginning to ramp up our efforts on Bluetech Forum. Bluetech Forum is our annual event this year taking place between the 5th and the 6th of June in the beautiful Kew Gardens in London. Now, This year's event will illustrate how the future of the water sector is being shaped by the trend of circular economy and how we should adapt our strategy to thrive in this new environment. The day will comprise of a series of roundtable sessions hosted by various groups from our research teams, showcase companies and end users. So while you will hear from our wonderful selection of showcase companies on the day, of course, in the lead up to Bluetech Forum, we thought we would introduce you to these companies. So we've asked some of them to give us a one-minute pitch to introduce their technology, its value proposition, and the problem it solves. So let's kick things off with our first company, Akuva, a technology company from Canada that offers a high-performance, point-of-use, UV-LED drinking water disinfection system. Hi, I'm Romina Puno, Marketing Manager at Akuva Technologies. Akuva makes safe water easy, empowering our customers with access to a crucial resource, clean, safe drinking water. Akuva was founded in 2014 based on years of research from the University of British Columbia and the idea to use UV LEDs for water disinfection. Our advanced systems combine the proven performance of UVGI with the efficiency of LEDs while maximizing UV power through optical lensing. This results in consistent, powerful drinking water disinfection, delivering microbial disinfection rates of 99.9% or greater. Akuva's strike platform of customizable UV LED water disinfection modules are ideal for OEM appliance integration. These compact, long-lasting, low-power, chemical-free water purification systems represent the core of Akuva's technology, providing appliance manufacturers with a more sustainable and maintenance-free solution, replacing current UV lamp systems to align with the UN Minamata Convention on Mercury. To learn more about Akuva, visit akuvatech.com. Our next company is Australian company IOTA Services, offering an intelligent engineering solution for water and sewage networks. Hi, my name is Emma Milburn. I'm the marketing director for IOTA Services, the commercialization arm of Southeast Water. Southeast Water is a metro utility based in Melbourne, Australia. And today I'm going to quickly introduce you to our digital utility program, but I can't wait to share more about it at the Bluetech Forum in June. 
the Southeast Water Digital Utility Programme is driven by five customer priorities and our vision of creating a better world for our customers with forward-thinking water solutions for all and always that won't cost the earth. Obviously, to deliver on this, technology is key and we've been developing some key solutions such as IoT-enabled sensors, intelligent valve keys and control and monitoring systems for the sewer network. But what's equally important is the journey that we've embarked on to enhance our digital capability. This will help us to deliver proactive leadership, efficiency through innovations, customer value and environmental sustainability. I can't wait to meet you all at the forum in June and share more about our technologies and our journey. Next up, we have US company ElectroScan with low voltage conductivity probes for sewer inspection. Hello, I'm Chuck Hansen, chairman of California-based ElectroScan Incorporated. And I want to thank you for joining me on today's Blue Tech podcast channel. I am delighted to announce as part of this webcast that ElectroScan has just been selected as one of the world's most innovative companies by Fast Company, which is a great bookend to our selection in January as a year 2019 GovTech 100 company. So why all the excitement? ElectroScan is not just another leak detection technology, but represents a game-changing way for cities and utilities to prioritize their critical pipes and to certify contractors' work as leak-free while they are still mobilized in the field. It's not an acoustic-based technology where you have to listen for the defect. It's not a laser-based technology to measure ovality of pipe structures. And it's not a visual or optical solution that requires third parties to interpret what they think they see. Instead, we use a low voltage electric current to locate and quantify leaks in gallons per minute or liters per second. And that is causing huge impacts on the new construction and trenchless technology markets. We look forward to seeing you in London. And finally, we have PowerTech from the US who have developed functionalized electrodes for metal removal from wastewater. Hi, my name is Cameron Lippert. I am the founder and CEO of PowerTech Water. At PowerTech Water, we provide scalable and modular electrochemical carbon filters for the on-site removal and recovery of metals in industrial wastewaters. We have been piloting our technology at a lead-acid battery manufacturer and demonstrating a fully automated system capable of achieving 99.9% removal of lead from the wastewater stream. This is done without the generation of any sludge byproduct. A single 10GPM filter module can avoid the production of almost 80,000 gallons of sludge and only consume 16 kilowatt hours per year. All of these benefits lead to a significant cost savings for our end users of over 80% in overall operational costs for wastewater treatment. We also offer extremely small physical footprints, making it easy for retrofitting applications. Please contact us at info at powertechwater.com to learn more. So there you have it. You've heard from four out of our seven companies. And hopefully, based on what you've heard, you'll pick your top favorites and join their table at the forum to learn more. Over the coming weeks, you'll also hear from other showcase companies. So stay tuned. Now, we'll switch gears from tech showcase companies to more high-level thematic trends in water. I talked to Reese Owen about Bluetech's work on the sanitation economy and a lot more. Reese, welcome. And I hope you've had a great month so far. Um... Take us through what Bluetech have been up to for the last month. Hi, Divya. Sure. So this month we've been looking into a market which is underserved and also huge, up to 4.5 billion people. Mm -hmm. 
Now, what market could possibly be that big? Well, the answer is people who are not connected to improved sanitation. Now, as you might expect, there's a very strong overlap between people who lack sanitation and people who are on very low incomes.、Uh, this is what's known as the bottom or base of the pyramid, the, the BOP market, as it's called.、Uh, this market's generally considered to be individuals operating within an informal economy in the developing world, usually、uh, earning less than the equivalent of $8 a day. Now, the point about this market is that a lot of our traditional assumptions about it、uh, are wrong.、Uh, this is, firstly, this is an enormous group of people, 4.5 billion, and they're not passive recipients of donations. They're active customers, producers, often entrepreneurs, and in fact, they pay more in many cases for water and sanitation than people in developed economies. So,、uh, a stark example of that is the slums of Jakarta, where people spend Up to seven and a half、uh, US dollars per meter cubed of water sold.、Uh, that, that's from local vendors.、Um, whereas in the US, the official tariff is around、uh, 12 cents per cubic meter. Wow. So, altogether, this makes up a market that's becoming impossible to ignore.、Uh, and this is being addressed in Bluetech's upcoming Horizon Scan report.、Uh, we're going to be looking at the companies and the technologies aiming to tap this. Gigantic underserved market while making a profit and easing the sanitation crisis in many communities. So it sounds very idealistic, but there's actually a very strong business case underlying it all.、Um, and indeed, there are many companies, there's a mixture of companies,、um, some of them are purely business focused with goals of growth and profit,、um, some are more founded with the aim of being a social enterprise.、Um, But we'll be in that report assessing them all, as usual,、uh, with the criteria of、uh, technology development and commercial development. So that's one to look out for、uh, coming up. Very interesting. So I suppose overall we can say that this is a large, untapped, sizable market, but the business models remain to be proven, I suppose, on this large scale. So we'll need to think about how successful or profitable business models that service this market will look like going forward.、Um, The second point I suppose I wanted to make was, is about scale. At what scale do the economics work here? You know, are we talking about household level, community level?、Um, you know, what, what makes most sense? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting subject, and you're right. It's about,、uh, as, it's about as much about the business model as it is about the technology, and, and、yeah. both of those are evolving. So, also this month, we、uh, investigate new developments in the granular activated sludge market. Uh, this is a biological wastewater treatment technology、uh, where the biomass is manipulated to form boar like granules rather than the usual spaghetti like sort of flocks.、Mm-hmm. And the advantage of having granules is they're closed and so form separate layers which form different functions. So you have the anoxic, aerobic, and anaerobic layers that can remove COD or phosphorus or nitrogen removal. And this eliminates the need for separate tanks within a wastewater treatment plant for the anoxic processes, for example. So, in terms of saving on、uh, capex, that sounds like a no brainer. And many utilities, especially in Europe, seem to agree.、Um, so, last time we looked at this two years ago, the,、uh, there were around 18 installations as of the end of 2016, and now there are at least 56. And we predict that there will be at least 24 and rising every year from now on. So the technology is growing much faster than we predicted.、Yeah. 
At the moment, it's entirely dominated by Royal Haskone and DHV. Um, they have 88% of all node installations. Uh, the only other significant player is Indense Technology, uh, which is an alternative to the technology promoted by DC Water and Hampton Road Sanitation District, a team up of US utilities in the US. Um, so that's looking into how that market's grown. And our other piece of research this month is a, a blueprint looking at the uh, electrocoagulation um, uh, method for wastewater treatment. This is uh, one of the more complex and difficult treatment technologies out there, uh, very suitable for metals removal. Um, it's actually a century old, but it was rediscovered in the 1990s because uh, of its small footprint. And it's particularly suitable for certain niche applications. So we'll be investigating that too. Fantastic. Yes, Thanks very much, Reese. That. There's, there's clearly a lot going on. And uh, to add to that as well, we're doing a web briefing on micro and nanobubbles this week with our TAG member, uh, Michael Atkins. So um, for all of the listeners who will be tuning into the web briefing, we'll have the webinar recording as well as the slides uploaded to the platform uh, as well next week. But you can also go onto the platform and read the full report. Uh, there's a section for key takeaways. So that's summary points of the key highlights or um, key areas of our research. So that's another useful way where how, of how our clients can stay up to date on a topic. Um, with that, thanks very much, Reese. I uh, hope you've got some interesting plans for the for the coming month in March. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, we're going to be looking at various other things. Um, we are catching up on various industry developments in ceramic membranes. Um, it's the uh, AMTA conference coming up, so we're going to be uh, looking at the top paper selection mm-hmm. and reporting from the conference on the key takeaways from the technical sessions there. And uh, yes, uh, many more, many more uh, reports in the editorial calendar coming up for this year. Great! Thanks very much for your time, Reese. We'll catch up again next month. Thank you. Well, with that, I'd like to wrap this month's episode. March will be, of course, an exciting month with the talk of the town being the countdown to Brexit. So a lot to be witnessed in the month ahead. We hope you've enjoyed this month's episode. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back next month with more content. Have a great March.